1: The Sports Complex of the Horn.
0: Hour two back here on the Sports Complex. Coming up in a little bit, Jared Sandler, play-by-play in studio, anchor for the Texas Rangers radio broadcast, is going to come on. We'll talk a little bit about... Uh, what the Rangers have going forward, Bruce Bochy, how the fans at Globe Life are stepping up this season. We'll get into that. I'll talk to him at 6.30. Until then, got some player audio from Keelan Robinson, Jonathan Brooks, and Jaron Thompson. They all spoke to the media yesterday. Uh, we cut up some audio for you. And yesterday we played you some of the Keelan Robinson talking about the special teams. And We talked about how important it is uh, for a team to have pride in everything you do and what that meant to the special teams I will tell you though, in Sark's offense, something we saw in the bowl game, which I don't put too much emphasis on any bowl game uh, that isn't a playing four something bowl game. That this run off the run game for this offense needs to be at a different level. It was in that game. Now Jonathan Brooks didn't play very much. Jaden Blue didn't play. Uh, so you know, and Cedric Baxter wasn't even on the team yet. So it was mainly Keelan Robinson, which Keelan Robinson can do a lot of things, but he's not your every down back. We know what he can do. He can step out in space. But Keelan Robinson, when he was speaking to the media, we, basically what we want to look at is what, is what is the running back room starting to shape up as? And kind of what we've seen from Sark, what he's been saying, is this is a running back room where we're going to use guys and try and use them to their strengths. We're going to try and put guys in situations where they can win. And when we talked, when the media was talking to the players, that's somewhat what we got from some of these players. Here's Keelan Robinson on the running back competition that happened during the scrimmage.
1: Um, Saturday was a good day, I think, for the entire team—offense, uh, defense, special teams. Everybody was able to get their work in. Uh, I felt like my day was—it was a—it was, was a cool day. You know, I always expect to go out there and put my best foot forward, and I just try to do that every time I'm on the field. So. Yeah, the um, running back room is looking pretty good, though. Everybody in there can can play in their own way, can provide a different kind of spark to the team. So we'll just have to see how it goes.
0: There, Keelan Robinson, not too worried about it. Went in, did okay. Running back room looked good, which is what you want to hear. But you expect to hear something more. You hear this a lot, and, uh, you know, uh, there was Pickens, George Pickens from uh, from Georgia was talking about one of the reasons he didn't go to Alabama was he wasn't going to get a play right away. Doesn't seem to be as big of a factor for this Texas team. Whatever the coaches are selling them, they seem to be buying into about finding their reps and finding their space. Here's Keelan Robinson when he was asked about how many reps and does Keelan Robinson now that he is the the elder back and and the, you know been there the longest does he worry about getting as many reps and as many targets as he can get?
1: No, I mean the way we see everybody's going to eat. Like it, it doesn't matter how many bites somebody takes, everybody's going to eat in some kind of way and. The better we are as a team, as a unit, the the better everybody looks individually. So everybody had their own shine. That's the way we look at it.
0: So this is the running back motto, and we'll get into Jonathan Brooks talking about something similar to this. That it isn't really, hey, man, look, everybody, no one is set out to be, I'm going to be the feature back. Now, we haven't heard from from C.J. Baxter. Maybe Baxter is a guy who wants to be the feature back. But from what we've heard from Jonathan Brooks, what we've heard from Keelan Robinson, it doesn't seem like this offense is set up to have a feature back this season. Now, I think you're going to need to find somebody that is your reliable back who can hold on to the ball, who can make those big plays for you. And you're hoping that it is Jonathan Brooks. You're hoping that Baxter is going to step into that role and start to line up behind him, and you can have a 1-2 uh, running back core right there with Keelan Robinson being your change of pace back and stepping out and catches the passes. And that's what Keelan Robinson really does well. We know Keelan Robinson in space is insanely dangerous. So when he was asked about how he works on his receiving, this is what Keelan Robinson had to say to the media yesterday. When you talk about, hey, well, there's not going to be enough reps for everyone on this team. It's just a running back. Well, you maybe have to step out and catch the passes. Here's Keelan Robinson talking about working on receiving.
1: I feel like I was just able to show my receiving skills a lot more last year being behind BNRO. Uh The carries might not have always been there, but there was a, a lot of ways for me to make plays, whether it be special teams, running the ball sometimes, or in the receiving game. And uh, I just plan on continuing to build on that this year and through my career also with running the ball and playing special teams. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, Keelan Robinson is ready to be an even better receiver this year. Looked great as a receiver last year. Could be able to find open space. And I think that's something Sark's going to try and use a lot. As somebody who doesn't necessarily like the traditional run game as much, now we had Bijan Robinson, he had Roshon Johnson, you have to run the ball. And you have to run the ball at any point to open up, get that D-line to commit, get the linebackers to step up a little bit more, get them to focus on running back, so play-action plays can work. If, they don't, if there's no threat of a run game, then play-action's out the window, and that's a great way to get some, some space on your wide receivers and get a deep play downfield. And we know Sark loves a long ball. So we know we want to have play action as an option. So you have to run the ball some. But Keelan Robinson, as somebody to say, look, I'm, I want to get some reps at running back, but not necessarily what it was in the bowl game, not what it was in the Alamo Bowl. I need to get some reps, you know, a few carries, but more receiving. That's what he's been working on. Then Keelan Robinson was asked about Jonathan Brooks. Here's what he has to say about Jonathan Brooks.
1: JB is showing me what he could always do. I mean, since JB, the guy here, he's always been a natural runner of the football. I mean, you could look at his high school stats and you know that, but... Uh, he's just getting better and better each each day. Honestly, uh, he came a long way in pass pro. Like we actually out there popping folks now. Um, I, I'm I'm comfortable with anybody pass blocking at, at this point. I mean, pretty much all of us. We take a lot of pride in that. So now nah, he's just coming in every day and just doing this thing. That's what we expect out of JB. That's what he's always done.
0: Love to see that. Love to hear doing well in pass protection, stepping up. I know that that was something that they've talked about with JT Sanders as well is trying to really emphasize the blocking part of the game. Uh, we know that Jordan Whittington has done it at an amazing level at the wide receiver position, but it seems to be something that Sark has pushed down to his player coaches and the position coaches are really starting to push this, and it's working. And the mentality of, hey, man, it's all for this bigger goal is starting to come out and we're seeing the, the seeds that have been sowed for the last few years of, no, you need to be able to block to get on the playing field. No, you need to be able to play special teams to get on the playing field. You need to do those types of things to show that you can be there. We're seeing that now in more and more of these player interviews. We're seeing people talk about the greater good. And so you need to have some, hum- you need to have some humility, but you need to have some hubris as well. And you need to push to be the bigger guy. Jonathan Brooks speaks to the media. Now, Jonathan Brooks, younger guy, hasn't done a ton of interviews. You can tell through these, so a lot of these clips are pretty short. But we'll get through a few of them just to let people know what Jonathan Brooks sounds like, give you a viewpoint of who should be your starting running back and your main, maybe not full feature back, but he should be getting the majority of carries, at least, for the Longhorns this season. And here's Jonathan Brooks and they asked him what's different about last year's team to this year's team. Because last year's team, they asked him, you know, if he minded sitting behind Roshan and, and Bijan and not really playing, coming out and being such a high recruit. Said it in mind. But, you know, there are differences that this team talks about with this season. Here's Jonathan Brooks talking about what's different this season.
2: I think I think just the commitment, like everyone's everyone's getting extra work everyone's out there we're just we have a lot more energy in practice and i think everyone's just coming together as a team knowing what we can do this year
0: and that goes into what he says when they when you kind of ask him what's driving him this season what's your goals for this season do you need the reps do you need to get the touchdowns what do you need out of this season here's what jonathan brooks said
2: uh yeah i mean i just want to show what i can do but like i said earlier i just i just want to win that's my biggest what i want to do this year is just win whether that's Me scoring, whether that's me blocking, whether that's me on the sideline cheering my teammates on, whatever it is, I just want
0: to win. That's it. That's the attitude you have to have, and that's the attitude they're clearly preaching behind the scenes. I just want to win. Now, you do need guys to, in-game, find that next gear. So you're going to have to, when you start to get into, this is great for training camp, but when we start to get in games, the position coaches are going to need to start going to some of these players. That are starting to show out and starting to be the next guy and go, hey, you need to go have a statement game this year. You need to go have a statement game. We're playing Iowa State. You gotta go get it. You need a statement game. We need you, Jonathan Brooks, to step up and have a 150-yard game. We need you to get blow past some people, put your put your shoulder down. He talks a lot in this interview as well about working on his pad height was one of the things, trying to get his balance better, trying to get better carries and better runs. And and all the fundamentals are great. Blocking's better, pass pro's better. All that's great, but you are going to need to have that ego at a certain point in some of these games when the other team starts trash-talking you when the other team starts going and when things aren't going necessarily your way and all you want to do is win, but coach calls five, six pass plays in a row and you get six pass plays in a row, two, three and outs. Now Now is when you need to be a little bit cockier and be like, oh, no, no, as soon as I touch that ball, we're going to win because I'm going to win the game. So as much as this is great right now, once you get to the season, you need to start having that little bit more of an ego. Not a ton. You need to have team first. I'm all for team first. But you need to know, I want to be great. I don't want to be good. I want to be great. And to be great, you have to want to be great. You don't have to want to just win. You have to say, I want to be the best player on this field at all times. I know that Quinn Ewers is the guy. I know that. But I want to go be the best player on this field right now. You need that. And so we hear Jonathan Brooks talking about, man, all I want to do is win. That's great. But that needs to turn into, I want to win because I win ball games." Now, that doesn't mean you need to ask for, hey, you don't need to go to Sark and start demanding the ball. It doesn't mean you need to take away reps from other guys. But it does mean that you need to know that every time you touch that ball, you need to do something special, and you need to go out there, and you need to hold on to the ball, and you need to take care of the ball, and you need to run the play correctly, and you need to play that blockout. And whatever it is you're doing, do it the best way you can, but have that ego to have it. Jonathan Brooks also talked about the offensive line, and what we'll get into right now, talking a little bit more about the offensive line and defensive line, those step have stepped up a ton, and a lot of reports that we're getting into, Sark Newt going to go the SEC, you have to build your lines. You win and lose games on the offensive and defensive line. Here's John Brooks talking about the offensive line.
2: I think just the, the, the hunger to want to wanna block. like You know what I'm saying? They come together where everyone's – like I said, the whole team is just really close, and I think I can just see it in them that they want to win just as bad as everybody else.
0: That's what he says when they ask him, what's – you know, how is the offensive line what's, – what's different that they're playing? He couldn't put into words about what exactly was different, but they want it. They want it. And so then they asked him about the D line. because so you say the O line is going out there and they want it bad. Well, now you got to practice against the D line. And that's one of the best D lines in the country, are saying, or at least in the Big 12. We'll say one of the best D lines in the Big 12. Lower down expectations a little. We're going to the SEC next year. It'll be even better next year. But one of the best D lines in the Big 12. And you get to practice against them every day. Well, how does that help you in Iron Sharp and
2: uh, it helps us just to know that our D, like, it, it makes us better because in a game, I'm not going to say it's going to be easier, but in a game, we might not face a D line like ours. So it's helping us in practice right now, being that it's so cloggy. But, you know, everybody's working, uh, doing what they need to do.
0: There you go. That is uh, doing what you need to do. Everybody's working hard, and that D line making us, making us better. D-line, O-line, that is where the games are won and lost. Jaron Thompson also spoke to the media yesterday, and one of the lines he had that got everybody going was when they asked him about the D-line. Man, D-line is looking
3: nasty, mean, nasty, and violent. That's
0: good.
3: Yeah, they're making, they making our job in the back end ten times easier, I promise. So we know that the
0: offensive line is looking for it this year. They're looking for those blocks. They want to get hit somebody. And we know that the defensive line is mean, nasty, and violent. It's a little bit different than what we've been hearing in Texas for the last few years. So you love to hear the O and D line. And what does Jaron Thompson say when they, they go back and they say, okay, they're mean, nasty, and violent. What does that mean? What do you, what do you mean when you say mean, nasty, and violent about this D line? Here's Jaron Thompson.
3: Man, I was watched watching FAM last night, watching how I was in the post, and they closed every gap. And, you know, when you, when you post defense, I mean, we have every gap covered. So we, they were just making our job easier. As a post safety, I was just deep. I didn't even have to come down and fit nowhere, just extra. So just them blowing things, taking twofers and taking gaps, that's, that's a great. That's going to make our job easier on the back end for sure.
0: Mean, nasty, and violent. That, I mean, that right there is exactly what you want to hear. Mean, nasty, and violent. That's what you want to hear about your O-line and your D-line. Mean, nasty, and violent. Jaron Thompson saying that. Now, Jaron Thompson also talks more about the DB room, how the young guys are stepping up, how he doesn't even know who's going to be playing at what position out of DBs because he doesn't know, you know, because those battles are so intense in practice right now. But he does know one thing, that this, this team, one of, the problem, one of the things they struggled with last year was turnovers. And this season, he wants to step up, and this defense is making a point to try and get some more turnovers going this season.
3: Oh yeah, we take, we, we, we're taking way more pride in turnovers now. I know myself, I, I missed a lot of opportunities that I should have made, so that's one thing. But even the whole staff, like the whole defensive staff, we're taking pride in getting the ball. We, we know we need the ball back. We've got the guys to do it. And it's just a lot of it, just getting effort and, and practicing it. Like I said, the days that we're not tackling, we're working the ball. And, and when you're practicing something like that, it's, it's not, it's not a, it doesn't surprise you in the game. It's just, it's natural.
0: Doesn't surprise you in the game. You practice. You're ready to go for the turnovers. And, and taking the time to go, hey, man, if we're not in pads, then we need to be able to go out there and work on something else that gives us a game-changing ability and working on those turnovers, having Michael Huff there at practices to help him out, to have Derek Johnson show him how to punch the ball out. All of those things are going to be able to help take this defense in another step forward, where at Texas having a, a defense multiple years in a row that is doing well doesn't seem to be a given anymore so if pk can get this defense going the way it needs to be and they progress again this season they they raise their rate of pass rush and 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 more pressure on the quarterback if they raise the rate of turnovers and they don't allow the big plays because they have that focus
3: we we don't care about anyone else we're we're here this is us this is what we have that's and that's what we know like we're brought into this like it, it doesn't matter about what other teams are doing because we're doing it here, and and that's the biggest thing our mindset is is like the John Wick mentality. We don't care how everyone thinks about us. We're gonna still do ours. You're gonna have to face us too.
0: That John Wick mentality. It has gone from Quinn Ewers to the defense. This entire team. They keep saying they feel the most like a team has been in years. They feel so together as a team, and they have that. It's us against the world mentality. They are no longer looking at it through the Texas eyes of, we are in Texas, we should be beating everybody. No, they are looking at it as we are John Wick and we are about to go beat some butts out there and win some football games. That is the different mentality. The mentality of no longer playing the victim, you can be the underdog and not be the victim. That's John Wick. That's what they're saying. Hey, man, you know we're going to get counted out but we're going to come in there and show big. Love what do you hear from Jaron Thompson. Excited for this next football season when you see the defense and how, how much better this defense sounds of knowing what's happening. And he mentions in his press conference too, uh, or in his media availability, he mentions about having the third year. And you see him say it as, you know, not a lot of these guys get that opportunity anymore. If you have a good defensive coordinator, they tend to bounce out pretty quickly. And if they're a bad one and you don't win games, and especially, you know, with the record that Texas had the last few years, it would have been pretty easy for Sark to get rid of uh, Kukowski and change up the system. But when you hear these guys talking about being in the system for three straight years and what they're going to be able to do on defense, and now that they're not so much every year trying to work in and and relearn the system, they can work on things like turnovers. They can work on different parts of their game and elevate the game as a whole to another level. It's something very fun to watch and to see from this defense. I know there's going to be another scrimmage on Saturday, and uh, we know uh, Jaron Thompson also said, of course the defense won. Of course the defense won. This, this Texas team, they're going to be very explosive on offense, but this defense is going to need to hold down because we know what Sark does in the third and fourth quarter, and you're going to need Pete Kwiatkowski to come out there and get some big stops. You're going to need it because we know what the third and fourth quarter is for Texas. You know that you're going to give the ball up sometimes, and that defense is going to have to hold. When we come back. We're going to be talking to Jared Sandler, play-by-play studio anchor, for the Texas Rangers Radio Network. He's got some good things to say. Always enjoy talking to Jared Sandler about the Texas Rangers. You can talk to us. 512-337-3776 is the Specs text line. 512-337-3776. We're asking you today, which NFL coach is on the biggest hot seat going into next season? Give us an answer there on the Specs text line, and we'll come back with Jared Sandler from the Texas Rangers radio team right here on the horn. 1049 1019 1019 sixty Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy
1: price, price, line. The Sports Complex, afternoons 5 to 7, on the horn.
3: Me, I'm super fly, super duper fly, super duper fly. Me, I'm super fly, super duper fly, super duper
0: Back here on the Sports Complex on the Horn. Remember, you join the conversation on the Specs text line, 512-337-3776. And join us right now on the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline. You hear him doing the Rangers broadcast, and we are right here on the Horn. And you hear him across the uh, Rangers radio network. Jared Sandler, you can follow him on Twitter, at Jared Sandler, and he joins us right now. Jared, how are you doing today? Welcome to the Sports Complex.
4: Hey, Patrick, thanks so much for having me. Doing great, uh, enjoying a nice off day with the Rangers sitting in first place. Nothing uh, nothing wrong with that.
0: <laughs> yeah, the Rangers sitting in first place. And, I mean, it, it's been crazy. The AL the a- West has been nuts. Uh, all the Rangers, Astros, and Mariners, all 7-3 and three in their last uh, 10 games. Basically, no real movement is happening because everybody's winning. H- how's the team feeling at this point in the season? This is, you know, not not a ground that a lot of the Rangers have been on before, you know, some new additions that came from teams that weren't winning, but they, they seem to be handling their business just fine in the second half.
4: Yeah, I you know, I was asked the other day if I'm noticing anything different uh, in terms of, you know, their dispositions, and, you know, the answer is no. Um, and I, I think in a good way. They all know that, you know, they're playing meaningful baseball. They all understand the significance of wins and losses at this time of the year, but uh, you show up, and the guys who – typically play ping pong four hours before the game or playing ping pong. The guys who typically do crosswords are doing crosswords. The guys who are usually keeping it themselves are keeping it themselves. And the guys who are, you know, walking around the clubhouse, talking to everyone, cracking jokes, or, you know, they're doing that. Uh, There's no change in in behavior, change in personality, which is good. uh, Because, you know, the the minute you start to make these games bigger than what they really are, uh, the minute you psych yourself out, especially – you know, for the guys on this roster who have not been in this situation before. And thankfully there are, you know, enough guys who have who can, you know, help lead the way or uh, maybe look out for some missteps that, uh, you know, could take place, things that they experienced when they first went through this. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the Rangers play on the field is obviously uh, ticked up a notch. But, you know, I I think while they understand they're playing meaningful baseball, uh, I don't think that they're, uh, you know, all of a sudden going about things in different ways because they feel like they're supposed to, be more serious or anything like that
0: yeah and i mean and they also get the benefit of playing at globe life where they're 42 and 21 they're number one in mlb right now at a home record and i've seen you've been posting online about how the groups at globe life are getting rowdier and rowdier what's the atmosphere at globe life like now that's getting these rangers to be the best team in mlb at home
4: yeah well i i don't know that i love admitting this uh, but there's an A&M fraternity uh, a few weeks ago that came out and they took over a, par- a portion of one of the sections out in the outfield section 133 and they were just kind of loud and rowdy the whole game. It was you know sort of like a college student section and that's great because you don't get that a ton in-, in pro sports and you know to be quite frank uh, you know as is understandable for a team that hasn't won in six years. You know while the Rangers fans are doing a great job of showing up, I don't think they're used to cheering for you know a, a winning team. It's been a while. they're out of practice, so you know might get thirty eight thirty nine thousand forty thousand in the ballpark. but uh, you know want these fans cheering and making noise and and being rowdy and chanting or you know whatever it is they want to do, uh, you know you don't need to sit there and and golf clap and so you know that a and m fraternity did a great job of. Changing the mood, and I think it gave some other Rangers fan groups ideas to uh, replicate that. And so the other day, uh, there was a, a Rangers fan group in conjunction with a, a big Rangers fan individually who got together and they organized the buyout of that section, section 133, and they were chanting and hollering all game, and it was awesome. You know, players noticed, the coaching staff notices the front office notice. and hopefully we get more of that. You know, it, again, when you're not winning, uh it's tough to develop fan traditions it's tough to uh, really encourage and follow through on fan engagement and atmosphere but the rangers are winning and they're winning in a big way And it'd be awesome uh for some of those traditions here in this new ballpark to develop and uh you know it'd be great if this ballpark was known as you know one of the rowdier louder ballparks in baseball
0: speaking to jared sandler from the rangers radio broadcast jared so you'd have it you you guys are building the culture you get a new stadium and, you know, the team clearly went out and tried to spend some money. They they add Bruce Bochy, which seems to be a missing piece of getting this team on the right pass. But then they still are spending money. You bring in Max Scherzer. How has the addition of Max Scherzer been for, for, is he dealing with it well? And is, is the team dealing with it well?
4: Well, it seems like he's dealing with it well, If uh, his <laughs> this, performance yes. is any indication. You know, he said that, you know, he he, he feels like now going through something like this is, uh, is easy for him because he's been through it before, you know, he's been traded before it's been traded in season before, which is obviously a different dynamic than getting traded in the off season. Um, and, you know, I, I, don't mean this in any sort of uh, disrespectful way, but you know, a lot of players just will tell you that especially if they're married with kids, it's kind of on their, their wives, you know, their wives are the, the MVPs here, letting them focus on baseball. And so for Max, who's got four kids under the age of five, his wife, Erica, Uh, has been doing a lot of the heavy lifting with the transition from New York down to DFW and uh, also with their home in Florida. So, um, you know, there's so much that goes into a a successful season at the major league level. And when you got a guy like Max Scherzer, who's got a a hectic family situation, uh, getting traded in the middle of the year, you know, they, they need help. They don't do it themselves. So, uh, credit to, uh, to the real heroes out there, the wives, but, uh, uh yeah, he's been great, and this pitching staff has uh, been great since the deadline, and, and the rotation's been great all year, to be honest with you. You know, they have the number one ERA in Major League Baseball. Their uh, The starting rotation does, and uh, the Rangers have never had that. It's been a long time since they finished in the top ten. It's Frankly, it's been a long time since they finished in the top 15 in that category. This is obviously an organization that's been more defined by, you know, their bats than their arms, but, uh, you know, this year – They've got uh, the number one lineup in baseball when it comes to runs per game, and they've got the number one rotation in baseball when it comes to
0: ERA. There you go. And, and I mean, that's with DeGrom going down earlier in the season. Imagine if he's still there. I mean, they may not make the the trade, but and the fact that they, the fact they you know have Jason DeGrom, that'll be coming back next season, hopefully dealing at a high level. That just gives you hope for the future. Uh, speaking of DeGrom, though, and a couple of injuries, we know John, Jonah Heim just returned. Uh, is there any update on Young or Ivaldi?
4: Yeah, Valdi threw a bullpen the other day, the equivalent of two innings worth of work, and uh, you know he's just continuing to build back up. I think the hope is that you know perhaps we'll see Nathan Evaldi, uh right around the end of the month, beginning of September. Uh, it'd be great if you know the Rangers could get him back for that series against the Astros. Um, but you know he's moving in the right direction. I think the Rangers uh, are just you know trying to, to play this properly. They're not going to rush it. Uh, And then with Josh, there's really no update just because he's still all bandaged up. I think, you know, he is progressing. I think the hope and expectation is still that he'll rejoin the team before the end of the regular season and then maybe have a little bit of cushion between the end of the regular season and hopefully the playoffs beyond that. Uh, But there's no real, like, concrete update with Josh.
0: There you go. Jared Sandler joining us doing play-by-play and some studio work there for the Texas Rangers. Uh, so one of the issues before the trade deadline, one of the weakest things, because we know they have the bats, we know they have the starting lineup, was the bullpen. You bring in Aral Chapman, brings in some other guys. What is, and then Martin Perez is, Martin Perez is now moving into the bullpen. What's the confidence level for this team in the bullpen when you're getting into later in the season and when you get to the playoffs? Is a confidence level kind of growing? I know Chapman has been doing pretty well, and, and I mean, he's another one of these additions that, like Scherzer, some people may not get along with him, but they seem to be doing just fine in Texas.
4: Yeah, I mean and I I think all of Chaffee's teammates get along with him uh here in Texas and I think uh you know the Rangers did a lot of due diligence uh you know, when they acquired him from the Royals and uh, you know, he had glowing reviews there. You know, I I I, I can't speak to obviously past years. I know that uh he was probably a little more well liked in New York than what the media uh portrayed and you know that wasn't the greatest ending to his time there, but uh, it's easy to like a guy who throws the way he throws and um, he has been outstanding and the additions of Chapman and Chris Stratton uh, have been huge for this bullpen and so you know, I don't know what the confidence level of, of you know those guys individually might be but I can tell you that there's a lot more confidence just from a viewing standpoint that when they've got a lead and they need to protect it over the final three innings that they'll be able to get it done. You know, Even a guy like Josh Forrest who appears to be healthy again and I know he gave up a home run last night but Over his last eight innings, he's allowed one run on two hits. Uh, You know, he's been outstanding. So between Spores and Chapman and Will Smith, uh, you throw in Chris Stratton, what he's been able to do. Brock Burke has been really good in the roles in which uh, they've utilized him. And, you know, Jose LeClerc maybe hasn't earned the trust to be a high-leverage guy, but uh, you still need guys to get you outs when you're down by a run, two runs, three runs, what have you, and, uh, you know, give you a chance to come back in the games. And Jose LeClerc's been good in – uh, in those situations. So, you know, this is not the the best bullpen in baseball by any means, but it's a bullpen that is definitely way more competitive than it was a month, two months ago.
0: Yeah, we all know in baseball, bullpens can come and go by a series, by a game. Uh, you can watch a bullpen completely dissolve, and uh, you lose three of your best closers or your three of your best re- uh, relievers basically in a series when they give up some big home runs. So it's it's good to add depth uh, what the Rangers have done. Uh, I know that also when you get to this point of the season, it's where MLB teams especially that are in the hunt for a World Series start to turn over every rock to find any player the Rangers bringing Josh Harrison on a minor league contract do you think there's any plans for Josh Harrison or are they just trying to kick the the tread on the kick the tires
4: yeah I think it's more of a depth thing you know if something were to happen to Josh Smith or Ezekiel Duran uh while they're awaiting Josh Young's return you know then they can turn to a veteran who I don't know that necessarily would play every day, uh, but could then fill that roster spot. Someone who, uh, you know, has been there and, uh, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I, it would not surprise me if uh, Josh Harrison wasn't caught up. Uh, you know, I think if, if he is called up, that probably means something has gone wrong uh, with the health <laughs> of someone who is getting playing time or perhaps, uh, you know, the return of Josh Young, but, I think it's just to to make sure you have depth. You don't want to get caught with your pants down, uh, you know, this late in the year when you can't make trades, Uh, you know, you want to be able to jump on opportunities like that, uh, you know, in the event that something's needed you know, it's similar to the Kevin Ploiecki situation, the Rangers uh, let him out of his contract yesterday, but they signed him to a minor league deal. I think the thought was that Kevin Ploiecki was going to come up and be a third catcher. But when the Rangers acquired Austin hedges uh, and now with, uh, you know, the, the, health of jonah heim you know it's just not as necessary and so i think if things go well for the rangers you don't see josh harrison um i think if uh, if something goes poorly that's when they might turn to josh harrison and you know if that's the case hopefully he can you know fill a, a role in whatever role he's asked to fill
0: there you go uh jared sandler join us i won't take up too much more of your time i do want to talk to you about one last thing though really uh bruce Boce. The the, ch- the change in this team, you see you know, guys playing better. We know Marcus Simeon last year had some other things on his mind before the season, maybe wasn't fully ready. But when you see what, what this team looks, their just their culture, their message, everything that's coming out of this team, what is Bruce Bochy's message to this team in the second half of the season that's keeping them on this upward trend of a lot of young guys?
4: Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I think I, – I don't know – know that his message is much different here in the second half than it's you know been all year Uh, and that's just uh you know for them to to play together you know his his big thing this year is uh uh just playing as one and you know that's you can throw out any cliche and whatnot but uh you know the the messages that he's delivered have been supported by his actions and you know these preached fundamentals and uh, you know, I don't think it's coincidence that this team has become uh, one of the the bigger liabilities defensively to you know one of the best defensive teams in Major League Baseball this year. You know, it, you forget that uh, these guys, while they're not necessarily learning how to field a ground ball, there are still fundamental things that are a little more advanced to this level, specific to this level that you need to master. And, and last year, they just were all out of sorts when it came to that sort of thing. And I just think Bruce Bochy is a guy that. Uh, in addition to his, uh, you know, his ability as a tactician, is someone who is very good at at creating that culture without being overbearing. You know, he, he communicates with guys. He makes every guy feel like they're a part of it. And the whole message about, you know, as one, doing this as one. Well, it's very easy for guys who are in the lineup every day to feel like they're a part of that, you know, quote unquote, as one movement. But I think. Uh, You know, there's a reason why this team has excelled when guys have gone down and you're having to call upon players to maybe step up in a more elevated role because I think that, you know, even guys who do spend some time on the bench, uh, you know, they still feel engaged. They feel like they're a part of it, and I think Bruce Bochy's communication uh, is a big reason why.
0: There you go. Jared Sandler here from the Texas Rangers broadcast. I'm going to give you one more real quick before we go. I don't know if you saw on Twitter, but uh, there's apparently some Yankees fans that are mad at Rangers fans for uh, doing the roll call at the games. And I think that if there's one thing that can that can make Astros fans and Rangers fans join together, it's pissing off Yankees fans. So is there any other things yeah, that we – is there anything that Astros fans need to start picking up that we can start tormenting Yankees fans, we can join together at least in our, our hatred of the Yankees?
4: Yeah, I'll tell you what. I, I don't want to join together with Astros fans on anything, <laughs> to be honest with you. Uh, so the answer that is no. I I don't hate the Yankees the way – people do i hate the astros way more (laughs) um but i do think it's a little uh silly for yankees fans to be upset they should be flattered um you know it'd be one thing if the rangers started to play sweet caroline after the top of the eighth inning because uh you know you could just pick another song to make your own but i think roll call is awesome it it, you know clearly fans love it and you know if you really want to be serious about this you take a step back all baseball fans should be Uh, should be bought in on things that help improve the sport and this the sport experience and the engagement and the entertainment and uh, fans want to do roll call because they love it then great you know it's not like they're chanting Yankees players names and uh, you know frankly I think it'd be really cool if all teams did uh, all teams fan bases did something like that I mean it's just I think getting fans engaged in games getting them cheering getting them making noise so they're not just sipping on wine and eating their cheese I think is a great thing and so it was awesome when the the fans in section 133 did roll call. I get why Yankees fans reacted the way they did because I'm not going to sit here and say that Rangers fans wouldn't react that way if the roles were reversed. But if you really want to look at it in a mature fashion and take a step back, uh, it's good for the sport. You know, it's good that there is engagement and there's excitement and activity in the stands. And uh, again, I hope it's something that Rangers fans continue to do, and I hope that all fan bases pick up various traditions or things. You know, the Orioles have the splash zone. Uh, This year out in left center field. I mean, that's awesome. And it's, you know, another team, Sandbase wanted to pick up something where they do something every time their team gets an extra base hit. Yeah, cool. You know, you want to credit the Orioles for being the first ones on board for that with that? Awesome. Uh, But, you know, the Rangers were the first team a little over a decade ago to do the whole hand signaling when you get a base hit with the claw and antlers movement. And now everyone does that in Major League Baseball. And I don't think the Rangers care too much because. Uh, if people are going to have fun with something and show some personality, then, you know, everyone's uh, you know better for it.
0: There you go. Very very well said there. Jared Sandler does play-by-play studio for the Rangers broadcast. You can hear him right here on the horn. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter, wherever else, at Jared Sandler. Jared, thank you so much for joining us here on the Sports Complex.
4: Patrick, my pleasure. And, again, uh, anti-Astros. Don't want to partner with them in anything.
0: <laughs> Love it. Thank you, Jared. Jared Sandler, some great words there. Supporting the game of baseball. Look, I know he may not have an Astro, he may not be an Astros fan, but uh, supporting the game. I'm a big fan of the rivalry, so I'm happy it is back and both teams are playing well. When we come back, we'll wrap things up here for last call. Give us your last text on 512 337 3776. Right here on the horn, 1019 AM1260. The Horn App and Hornfm.com.
1: The sports complex. Afternoons 5 to 7. Woo! Hell yeah! On the horn. Last call. So either hook up now or go home and take care of yourselves. To alcohol. The cause of and solution to all of life's problems.
0: That's what I do. I drink And I know things.
3: Bring a pitcher of beer every seven minutes until somebody passes out. And then bring one every ten minutes. I'm very drunk, but I intend getting still drunker before the evening's
0: over. All right, time to wrap things up here on the Sports Complex. We actually made it to 7 o'clock for a day. We'll be back off early tomorrow at 6.30 for Rangers on Friday. But we did make it till 7 o'clock tonight. Appreciate everybody playing along on the Specs text line 512 337-3776 is that number. we were asking you today about uh who is the NFL coach on the biggest hot seat this going into this season. Uh, I think Brandon Staley's definitely on that list. Uh Mike McCarthy's on that list. Josh McDaniels is on that list. Uh, I have Ron Rivera on my list. If you have another one send me one before we get off the air. 512-337-3776. For our last call tonight, a couple things for you to check out. Uh, if you do, so Astros are off, Rangers are off tonight. So not a lot on, uh, the Cleveland Eagles game. I just believe just began on NFL network. You can check that out. Make sure to look for Dorian Thompson Robinson. I don't know what he's done so far in the first 20 minutes. Uh, but Dorian Thompson Robinson starting quarterback, uh, for the Browns right now. He's a guy, he's a guy you need to look out for on the Browns If Deshaun Watson. I know they gave him that fully guaranteed deal, but you know, maybe it's trade bait. Maybe somebody else goes for him. He's only a fifth round pick. Maybe somebody else likes what they see from. Joy, uh, check him out during that game. Uh, some music to check out. The Well and Megafon are playing tonight at Hotel Vegas. Two really good hard rock bands, so you can check that out. And over at Saxon Pub, Pack is playing right now uh, with a bunch of Austin's Best Female Musicians. Patrice Pike is playing tonight at Saxon Pub. And Jessica and the Vanity Project uh, A stacked lineup tonight at Saxon Pub. Patrice Pike, uh, Austin, as uh, one of Austin's best for many, many years. She's an awesome awesome show always and a great person as well. Always enjoy talking to Patrice Pike. Uh, and then uh, we also tell you that uh, if you can watch MLB, ILB uh, baseball, the minor league baseball system, uh, tonight Michael Brantley making his second rehab assignment for the Sugar Land Space Cowboys. He played uh, two days ago on uh, Tuesday. He made his first uh, minor league rehab assignment, played out in left field, uh, went one for three, had a two-run home run in it, though. So giving some people some hope in Houston that Michael Brantley may be coming back. He is playing tonight, I believe the game is at 7.05, in Sugar Land, but they are playing the Round Rock Express. So you can check out some Rangers prospects, some check out some Astros prospects, and see if Michael Brantley looks like he's almost ready to come back up and make a major league re-debut, because it feels like it's been two years, pretty much, since we've seen Michael Brantley playing in an Astros jersey. So that'll be fun to watch that. And tomorrow, if you're a basketball fan, Jonesing for some basketball like I am, tomorrow morning at 11 a.m., we should have, and it may be 11 p.m. I need to look at this again. I know tomorrow, though, it is going to be, I believe tomorrow at 11 a.m. Uh, on FS1, is USA men's playing versus Greece. They're in Saudi Arabia. Uh, Giannis had to... Uh, back out because he's not fully recovered from his injuries. So Giannis will not be playing part of uh, the Greece team. But you will get to see that USA team playing a game against uh, Greece, play and see if they're ready. You know, a lot of people questioning it. We know Gilbert Arenas doesn't like it. Trey Young wanted to be on that team. He's not there. Uh, James Harden not on that team, but you can go check out his new wine, Jay Harden Vineyards. They have some wines out. Apparently, he was in China. He's doing a tour there for Adidas. They did a live stream. To uh, He was doing a live stream talking about his wine and sold 10,000 bottles of wine in a few minutes, the most they've ever sold in a day. China helping out James Harden there. He may just go over there. Is Dwight Howard still over there? If the Philadelphia 76ers doesn't work out, maybe he just goes and plays for the Shanghai Sharks next year we got to get out of here. We'll be back tomorrow with the Sports Complex, 5 o'clock, right here on The Horn, talking more Texas football, talking more NFL, getting you ready for the preseason weekend, a little bit more MLB to get you ready for those series. All that coming up, and whatever happens in sports, we'll cover it right here on the Sports Complex. Until then, be kind to each other, take care of yourselves, keep your underwear clean, and we'll see you tomorrow, right here on the Sports Complex on The Horn.